Jared, I'll do it. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, a long journey, an exhilarating journey at times, has come to an end, and it's come to an end in a very bitter way for the 49ers. They lose Super Bowl 54, 31-20 to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they not only lose Super Bowl 54, they blow a 10-point lead in Super Bowl 54, a 10-point fourth-quarter lead. Everything was going the way that the 49ers had scripted it, the way that they had game-planned it, the way that they thought that they might have an advantage over the Chiefs for three-plus quarters of this game, Matt. And then in the last half quarter, maybe a little bit more than that, it all came crashing down. The wheels fell off, the dam broke, whichever... Uh, whichever I, I use dam broke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could use whichever one you want. Dam broke, wheels fell off, the wagon just stopped are rolling. Dam after this game, uh, sadly. But yeah, uh, now we know what the the Texans and Titans felt like. I mean, one second it was twenty to ten, and the next thing you know, they they've lost thirty one to twenty. Really, the Forty ers had them right where they wanted them. As long as them wasn't the Kansas City Chiefs, because uh, I think most teams in this league wouldn't have been, been able to um, sustain what the 49ers were doing on defense. And, and also offensively, it seemed like the 49ers had them where they wanted because you know, they ran the ball well this game, the 49ers did. And usually when that happens and you have a lead, you can sort of exert your will, or at least uh, it set up things so that uh, the quarterback can take advantage. And it just seemed like every time the 49ers tried to do that, there was a mistake, there was an overthrow, there was a batted pass, there was something that was, and it's totally different than a lot of the heroics that happened during the regular season. A lot of things went right for the 49ers at key moments this year. A lot of things went wrong at key moments in this fourth quarter. Yeah, it, it was disjointed by the time the fourth quarter hit, and they only had, what, like 39 total yards of offense over four drives, you know, in which every drive was critical in that fourth quarter, especially the first three. First one could have been a dagger. They couldn't deliver the dagger. I mean, you have to consider the fact they were up 20-10 to 10 in this game, and they intercepted Patrick Mahomes for the second time after they were up 20 to 10 yeah. and they still couldn't find a way to win. So they couldn't knock in the dagger on the first drive. They couldn't knock in the dagger on the second drive. And then the third chance was a flashback to the Super Bowl in January of 1989 in the very same stadium because then all of a sudden they were behind. All of a sudden they were behind by four points. Jimmy Garoppolo now had a chance to make his best Joe Montana impersonation and drive the team to a Super Bowl victory with under three minutes left. They started their own 15-yard line. Yeah. But instead of uh, driving them 85 yards, which is what they would have needed, he only got them 27 yards down the field. And you have to think that the biggest disappointment, the play that will you know, haunt the 49ers the most for – months years to come I don't know how long it will take to process this for them but losing a Super Bowl is never easy but the one that's it has to be you know uh, the the most caustic right now is the missed deep shot to Emmanuel Sanders where Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew an open receiver he had a step on the defense and that was on third down if that passes on the money it's a touchdown and you know Patrick Mahomes gets the ball back there was still some time on the clock yeah. but it, it's a big what if at this point 
Yeah, I remember looking up and um, you know seeing Jimmy Garoppolo launch that ball deep, and then then seeing that Emmanuel Sanders indeed had gotten past the the safeties, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be yet another sort of chapter in the uh, just amazing stories that we've been telling this year. And what was shocking, well, not shocking, but uh, what was odd was that that ball was long. And usually the Jimmy Garoppolo passes uh, deep down the field, and they're very few and far between, fall a little bit short. And this one was just out of uh, Emmanuel Sanders' uh, outstretched hands and uh, fell incomplete. And I think there was a sack by Frank Clark on fourth down, and that was really the last legitimate chance that this team had to, to win the game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders got up to the, the podium. He was one of, what was it, maybe a dozen players who, who came in and, and had their own sort of uh, platform after the game. And he was asked five questions. And uh, the fifth question was, you know, just how close were you to making that, that catch? And he was very angry with it. And uh, he, he answered it very tersely and then stormed off after that. And that was sort of, uh, he was the only one who did that. But it was a very terse very brusque, you know, uh, reaction by this team. Obviously, they're all crushed by it. They were all pissed, basically, that, uh, like we said, they were in position to win this game, both offense and defense, and they just did not come up with those plays. He, he actually also let the reporter know his displeasure about the question on his way out. He said, dumbass question. Yes, he walked away. It wasn't either so, of us. We should, yeah. uh, we should make Well, he that, wasn't happy about my first question. I, I opened it up, and he wasn't happy about it. I... It was one of those awkward situations where nobody was talking, and I just wanted to get it started. I want to get it started, and I wanted to talk about the the pass, and 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 I wanted to ask him, you know, what was the route? I thought it was a post, but I wasn't sure if it was a dead go route or a post over the middle because you, sometimes you can't tell. And I asked him what the route was, and he and he just says, "What what do you think the route was?" And I couldn't hear him because it was loud. Yeah, and he's... and and I and and I was like, "Well, I think it was a post," and he's like, "Yeah, it was a post," and. That was it. <laughs> well, he obviously wanted to get out of there as, as yeah. fast as he could, and so, so did everybody else. And but then he—I mean, what you're saying though—that next one really set him off for a couple questions down when yeah. when somebody asked him how close he was to right. it. <laughs> so that was that was um, that was that, of, that was emblematic. Of that the was movie, emblematic. Yeah. That was part for the course. Even Richard Sherman, who's uh, normally loquacious at, after these uh, these games, was uh, extremely terse and. Fred Warner kept saying, you know, repeating the same thing. They made more plays than us. Nobody was really willing to to dissect it, certainly on defense. So uh, I guess that's to be expected when it's that crushing of a defeat. Yeah. And that's going to stick with them for some time. And the only question is whether they can sort of use that to propel them to a, uh, a Super Bowl win next year or in the near future. That's the only way that this story would be truly atoned because we have to underscore the brutality of not only losing a Super Bowl, but yep. losing a Super Bowl in which there were vibes coming that you were about to win. I mean, this wasn't quite like a last-minute collapse, you know. You could see this one coming, uh, and when the Chiefs started, steamrolling them there in the fourth quarter and when you saw the 49ers turn the ball over on downs and I mean yeah you, you saw it materializing but it was still one of those where it, it it did shift very quickly right it was one of those where 
Yeah. Uh, there was already a feeling that this might be the 49ers night, the 49ers season. Everything was falling into place. I mean, we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and a disjointed 49ers offensive performance in the fourth quarter. It wasn't disjointed through three quarters. I mean, it, it, they finished averaging those 6.8 yards per carry. They were at around that through three quarters, and Garoppolo was 17 of 20 yeah. through three quarters. I mean, we were very close to calling this – the balanced performance that we had actually predicted, I think, right? 49ers offense was winning both running the ball and throwing the ball, and then it just hit a brick wall. Both sides of the football, offense and defense, hit that brick wall, changes the way that this game will forever be remembered. Yeah, and that's exactly what the Chiefs did to their first two opponents in the playoffs. And uh, and you're right, I mean, the, the defense was, was having a, a, a spectacular game. Ten points for... The Chiefs at that point. I think Mahomes had 168 yards. I forget what his passer rating was. He won the MVP, Super Bowl MVP, with a passer rating of 78.1. You usually don't see that, and it just kind of underscores how miraculous his last half quarter was. But they were playing him well. I mean, he looked like a very ordinary quarterback there for uh, three and a half quarters, and and everything was, was short. I mean, he was out of rhythm. He wasn't able to to go deep. I, I think that his longest pass play to that point was something like twenty four yards, and there was only, that was the only one. It over was like 20. the broken one to Sammy Watkins. Yeah, it was early the one to Watkins. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was a broken play to Sammy Watkins, but that was the only play they had over twenty yards. And then, of course, the big one, the dam bursting, or at least the the biggest hole in the dam, was third and fifteen, a shotgun play. Mahomes gets back. The, the 49ers actually got good uh, a good pass rush on it. Uh, Mahomes talked about how great his protection was, but I think it was Eric Armstead that burst through, got uh, got to Mahomes and, and gave him a big wallop. But Mahomes stood in there, threw it up, and um, it was one-on-one coverage, uh, Jimmy Ward on Tyreek Hill, and uh, Hill turned him around. There's no two ways about him. He got a good, I don't know, 12 yards separation at one point, and uh, was just there to kind of have the ball land into his arms. Uh, and I think that brought the uh, the ball to the 21-yard line, and they scored fairly easy TD after that, and then, uh, of course, took the lead on the drive after that one. Yeah, you had the pass interference on Tarverius Moore I, I against thought that Travis was a, Kelsey. I thought that was a good call. I mean, yeah. uh, all of these calls uh, that went against the 49ers, were, were ticky-tacky in a way. I, I thought especially the one on George Kittle. Yeah, the OPI. The, the OPI one, that, that was one probably the, the, the tinniest run. of them all. They all were technically correct, but as Shanahan said afterward, he was surprised that they called that, given that it was a pretty open game otherwise. I mean, the, the defensive backs had, you know, they were very handsy, very grabby in this game, and the officials decided that they were going to let them play but they didn't let the offensive player play on what would have been a, a fairly big momentum. We wouldn't have given the 49ers a huge lead. I think there were six seconds left. They would have had to have gone for the field goal, but they would have had a three-point lead going to the half, and then they would have gotten the ball back to start the And they quarter. looked good in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah and, they, so, and they rolled on that drive. I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about another three points, more energy, more wind at their sails. The whole end of the first half was interesting because Shanahan – it's clear in retrospect, especially, that he was trying to avoid exactly what happened to the 49ers defense in the fourth quarter. He saw the, I mean, the Chiefs came out in this game, by the way. You know, we saw the explosive Chiefs offense at the end, but what we saw for the first three quarters, and especially what we saw early in the first quarter, was a very plodding, methodical Andy Reid offense 
which by design was trying to just beat the crap out of the 49ers offense with paper cut by paper cut, yeah. right? And and you could tell that the overarching goal of the Chiefs was to punch, 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 chip away, chip away, chip away till the 49ers got too tired and then Mahomes could let loose at the end of the game. And Shanahan, you know, and I think it's fair to take this as a, an admission from the Chiefs that they were they felt they were the underdogs in this game. They felt that they needed to shorten the game, get Mahomes in position to strike and steal it at the end. They felt that the 49ers might be the stronger overall team, but they, you know, so that they didn't want to throw their big punches too soon. They wanted to, to let the 49ers kind of tire themselves out. And the strategy ended up working to perfection yeah. for the Chiefs. It really did. And Shanahan. On the other side, he was so confident that he had the better football team that was playing more efficient offense, more efficient defense in the first half, that he was okay with playing fairly conservatively offensively just to keep Mahomes off the field. And that strategy, I mean, you can't fault it because it got the 49ers into a 20-10 to lead at the end of the third quarter. But they're, the one thing you got to give Andy Reid credit for is that they, they ran a lot more plays than the 49ers, and that play count, I think, is what caught up to the 49ers. If you're looking for the reason or one of the reasons why they hit the brick wall, it's because all that chipping away from the Chiefs over the course of the game finally, I think, paid off, and it sparked the perfect storm yeah. in the fourth quarter. And there was a, an admission of fatigue, I think, from from a number of the 49ers defensive players. The question is, why why didn't the Chiefs get fatigued? Because, uh, you know, the, the 49ers were, were doing a good job, with, especially with their running game. And they, they were breaking off big chunks, especially Debo Samuel. I, you have the, the stat sheet in front of you. I forget what the Super average. Super Bowl record for him. Well, for a Super Bowl record yeah. for him, yeah, I think 53 yards. But what was the average per carry? 6.8 for the, for the 49ers. They lost the game averaging 6.8 per carry. That's a huge number. It wasn't quite Green Bay uh, uh, number, but... Um, you would think that after running for 6.8 yards a carry, you would have uh, your way with uh, the, the opposing defense in the fourth quarter. And I think that's exactly your right, what, what Shanahan was shooting for. And maybe they just didn't have the play count to really kind of uh, weather that, that defense the way they wanted to. Although, you know, I think listening to Shanahan, he felt like the, the shots were there. I mentioned that. Chris Jones batted pass. Uh, uh, we have to look at the the replay of that, but uh, you know Shanahan thought that if that play that ball goes through, it goes to George Kittle, and it goes to George Kittle for a big gainer, and, and that's what you you run 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 to do uh, to kind of set up those types of uh, passes. We've seen that time and time again with this team, and yet th- this time those plays just for one reason or another, whether it was a a batted pass by Chris Jones on a, on a ball to Kittle or an overthrow to Debo Samuel. I think on the on the next drive that the 49ers had, they just didn't they didn't connect on those, and that's that's the story of this game. Yeah, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought was very good, except for that one interception where he got drilled by Chris Jones in the second quarter. For the first three quarters, we saw an excellent third and eight conversion to Kendrick Bourne. We saw some really nice slant passes. I mean. One thing that's top tier in Garoppolo's skill set is the release. I mean, that release is quick, and those passes over the middle of the field, he was making some hay with those three three quarters, but it just disappeared there at the end. The 49ers 
for one reason or the other, were not able to bring that whole offensive performance together, even though they were running the ball well. And I think you named one of the reasons Chris Jones took over this football game. That's a common theme of struggle for the 49ers. The top three pass rushing defensive tackles in the National Football League are Aaron Donald from the Rams, Grady Jarrett from the Falcons, and Chris Jones from the Chiefs. 49ers played all three of those guys and their teams this year. In those games, the 49ers were one and two. And this is a 49ers team that only lost, what, four games all season, including yeah. the Super Bowl. So, um, And they almost lost the, the third one you yeah, know, that's right. with Aaron Donald there at the end of the year. Last second, uh, Robbie Gold field goal p- pulled that one out. So so if you look, at, you know, now we're moving to offseason mode at where the 49ers are going to need to improve, well, Jimmy Garoppolo's skill set, because he has that quick release, he likes going over the middle of the field, he likes those slants, He's vulnerable if that interior defensive line is dominating. It's going to really scuttle things. It's going to scuttle any quarterback, but especially him. That's why they struggled in those games. They're going to need to find a way to manage these dominant interior linemen a little bit better because between Chris Jones is blowing by Mike Person in the second quarter to hit Garoppolo forced interception to these bad at passes – that is, you know, that was throwing the wrench in the engine of the 49ers offense. That was the one thing the Chiefs needed to turn this into a disjointed effort. I know Garoppolo missed a couple other passes. I know he missed a deep ball to Sanders. But let's be honest, without those batted passes, Chiefs probably don't win this game. You know, they, they the 49ers needed everything to go wrong in the fourth quarter and everything right, did. Right. So they need to th- start thinking about how they're going to fix the things that went wrong moving forward so this doesn't repeat itself. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can make the argument that another thing that Garoppolo didn't really have this year, most of the year, uh, was uh, was that slot receiver that really pairs well with that that quick release that you mentioned. Uh, you know, Trent Taylor will be healthy uh, early in the off season. I Boots think. Boots coming off soon. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurd. I, I don't know what happened with Jalen Hurd. I don't even know if he made it to uh, to the Super Bowl. He's been a, a bit of a mystery man this year ever since that that uh, that back fracture uh, basically ended his season. But yeah, that's another area where I, I don't, Emmanuel Sanders is a uh, is a free agent. I forget his exact age, 31, 32. 32, it's, yeah. Uh, that's a question mark. Uh, is he going to be back? How much will the 49ers want to kind of concentrate on that position? They, we know that they've got two really good young receivers in Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne. The rest of that group, big question mark. Uh, and you need more than two in this league uh, to win. So I think that's going to be an area where they uh, concentrate as well. So interior line, offensive line, wide receiver. Uh, Jimmy Ward is a he's a free agent and a free safety uh, as well. So uh, that, uh, that could be an area that uh, they need help as well. It'll be interesting to, to see what they do in the uh, in the coming months. Speaking of the first three quarters, Jimmy Ward set the tone with a huge hit on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he might have taken the, taken the, the worst of that, too. <laughs> I mean, it, it might have affected both of those guys' play for the rest of that game because Jimmy Ward obviously the, you know, had one of the worst plays for the 49ers' defense on the Mahomes throw later, but Mahomes wasn't his usual self. And, you know, 49ers' defense had a lot to do with that for – for those three quarters, but uh, that was a sign of the titanic clash that we had. We had a great 49ers team against a great Chiefs team playing for all the marbles in this Super Bowl. And uh, the 49ers held off longer than the Chiefs' previous opponents had because I think the 49ers are better than the Chiefs' previous opponents, the Titans and the Texans, right, in the playoffs. But 
They ultimately fold it late in the fourth quarter in in much the same way in Miami, and it, it was because the Chiefs were able to capitalize on some of those weak points that we saw, namely the interior line. They were able to smother the receivers. They they were able to they were able to force the 49ers' offense to not be the complete unit uh, that it had managed to be down the stretch of this season. Even against the Packers, they were they, yeah they didn't need a pass, but they were complete because they were still efficiently moving the ball. The whole time today they needed to pass Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball 31 times 49ers only rushed 22 times so it, it shifted back you know to the, um, uh, the what we had seen before the playoffs everybody was talking about oh what's going to happen when Jimmy Garoppolo actually needs to throw the ball well uh, it didn't end up uh, great for the 49ers today but I think it was much more complicated than just Garoppolo this was the essence of a team loss for the yeah. 49ers, right? Because you see that defense get roasted at the end. You see the things, the false starts. The Joe Staley false start was huge. The Emmanuel Sanders Emmanuel false Sanders start was huge. Too, yeah. Yeah, that, and those are the two people who have been, uh, on offense at least, who had been to a Super Bowl. You would think that they would be the least likely to make those mental errors in that big a, big a, big of a game. Yeah, but they, they did, and it didn't work out. How about the defensive line? We... I mean, yeah. a lot of the focus was on how Chris Kosarek's unit was going to I mean, I, get I, after Mahomes. And I thought they, you know, they got the pressures. They got some of the turnovers. Yeah, uh, it's a De- complicated game. DeForest Buckner had one and a half sacks. I thought Nick Bosa had a really, really good game. Didn't he uh, knock the ball away from yeah, uh, Mahomes on right. one that, that, that could have been a, a huge play. Uh, Mahomes uh, scrambled and, and got it back. I think... Uh, Emmanuel Mosley blitzed on that play. That would that was an unexpected blitz. We, don't, we haven't seen very many corner, corner blitzes blitzes, yeah. from the 49ers this year. So that was Robert Sala kind of digging into his uh, big bag of tricks. You know, I thought it was a, a, a very, very strong game by the, the defensive line. Um, uh, eight quarterback hits, four sacks. I mean, two interceptions. Like I said, a 78.1 passer rating by the opposing quarterback. It that's was 49 usually, through three quarters. Yeah, exactly. That, that's <laughs> usually a big fat W and, and usually a blowout W for, for these 49ers. The 49ers have won several games this year You know, uh, when losing the, the turnover battle. They were winning it through uh, three and a half quarters, and, and they lost it. I'm trying to think of who else had a good game. I mean— uh, Fred Warner had a had one of those picks. Our Tarverius the linebackers Moore. were good for a long time. I agree with you. I mean, it, the whole team was good until the last uh, I don't know six minutes of this game. And that was maybe their worst six minutes of the season, even with the quality of the opponent considered. I mean, Marcus Thompson and I were talking about it. It wasn't good on Halloween night against Arizona for the defense yeah. down the stretch, but the offense was able to deliver a counter punch that saved the game. Kept the defense off the field. Atlanta. 49ers won. Yeah, I mean, the, the Atlanta game they were playing without Jaquaski Tart. There's so many missing guys. Richard yeah. Sherman, so it's kind of unfair, but that was, there was obviously a lapse there. They're coming off of that two game road trip uh, on the East Coast as well. To, today, they the wheels fell off. Dam broke, wheels fell off. If you can think of any other metaphors that relate to this then that make you feel better for your 49ers fan, you could send them to us, but the, those are the best ones that we came up with. And you know, it, it, it was just an all-out implosion there in the fourth quarter. And it came on the biggest stage of them all. It came in the Super Bowl, you know. And it, it, if this happens in week four, 14 of the regular season against the Falcons, that's one thing with six starters out. But when your entire roster is healthy, I know that they're not as deep as they used to be on the defensive line. And 
that certainly played a, a at least a bit of a role in this but you're playing for all the marbles you could smell the roses you could see that finish line and you blow that Super Bowl lead in the fourth quarter because of a multitude of reasons that's frustrating and that's why that mood around the 49ers team was just so devastated after the game but they've got to pick up the pieces now they're going to fly back tomorrow they're going to get back to the Bay Area. They're going to clean out their lockers this week, probably two, three weeks off. But then that winter conditioning program begins again. We're not too far from the NFL Combine. Whenever you cover a team that goes the distance, there's not much of a gap in between the last game and the real start of the next league yeah. year. So we'll be at free agency soon. We'll be at the NFL draft soon. And what the 49ers need to figure out to do now is to keep as much of this roster as possible together. There's going to have to be some serious financial maneuvering happening, right? And then they have to find a way to, to restock in a way that addresses the weaknesses we talked about. And then they have to find a way to get back to this spot next year. And uh, there's a reason that teams are so upset after something like this happens to them. At, well, part of it is that it's hard to get back to this point. Yeah, uh, I think the veteran guys, Joe Staley was the most emotional. He realized that, you know, th- th- this is this is one of those you can't blow. And the 49ers blew it today, and, and he was not very happy about that. No, he was quite emotional and, and had to kind of stop himself and kind of explain why he was so emotional. And the reason is what you just described. He realizes that these windows are so short. He had one early in his career, then, then sank to the bottom, and then got back and had another chance at it and uh, fell short again. To close, I mean, I, I feel like the the best assurance that the 49ers, that their fans have, is is Kyle Shanahan and uh, what, what Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch have built. Uh, we, we watched it happen in the early part of the season. They lost a lot of guys. Joe Staley, Mike McClinchy for a while, Kyle Juszczyk, everybody knows the list by now. And they, and they kept winning, and that was because... Uh, largely because, you know, Shanahan is a very good coach. He's a very good play designer, a very good play caller. And um, uh, everybody, more than that, I think, everybody on that team really, really likes uh, the team. They, they like the direction that it's going in. They like Shanahan. They like Lynch. They like the atmosphere. Um, it's, it's one of sustainability. And uh, some older players on this team, we talked about that earlier, but uh, it's mostly a young team. Who, who they have leading it, I think, is probably the biggest reason for optimism that uh, they can get back to this point in coming years. Well, as Jimmy Garoppolo said, and as we've been pointing out all season, he just finished his first full season as the starting quarterback in, at any you know team in the NFL. He was the backup for Brady in New England, and... Yeah, that that's how you have to judge this. Patrick Mahomes obviously just finished his second full season as the starting quarterback, and he won the Super Bowl. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's able to go they, out there and do that, then he'll be on threw, the same pace. They both threw two picks in this yeah, game. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Mahomes wasn't great, and I would say that Mahomes' pick to Fred Warner was worse than anything Garoppolo threw. That was directly into Warner's chest, didn't even get hit on that play. They might have hit him, but... I know that Garoppolo's first pick was a result of just getting creamed, and he was trying to throw it out of bounds. He's trying to replicate his his Vikings throw, which he got bailed out on. That also was a bad throw, by the way. Uh, But uh, Kendrick Bourne bailed him out on that one. He sh- he had no business throwing this one. That's when he yeah. just, you just it eat kind of or, floated up there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was an exhibition, and you know, between those picks and, and bad quarterback play for a while, um, it, when you looked at the turnovers, but then Mahomes was able to turn it on and. 
I mean, he's got that transcendent ability to flick a ball downfield, you know, even if he's moving the the wrong way. And, and, and maybe and, that's the difference. I mean, Mahomes hits a 44-yarder at a, at a crucial point, and Garoppolo just couldn't hit Emmanuel Sanders on that, yeah, but, on that deep ball. Yeah, but but those are two different plays, too, they right? Are. One one is a perfectly precise Sanders has got to step on a guy, and, and, and the Kansas City one, Tyree Kill, is, is alone. 50 yards downfield because the 49ers blew the coverage so yeah, we're talking about the, making plays and and not and making the, plays in uh you know in a, in a key part of this game yeah so the, and that's why i look at it from a whole team-wide perspective i thought that the 49ers had to fail at so many different junctures if they had just succeeded at one of them in the fourth quarter they probably squeak it out you don't know but it, it does seem that a perfect avalanche went against them because they just fundamentally broke down in that fourth quarter from Garoppolo to the line in in the middle, especially to, you know, even the tackles with Joe Staley fall starting to the defense. I mean, it was crazy. But 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 the, the point is, it's hard to get back here. It's a crushing loss for the 49ers. But to keep it in perspective, it is only Garoppolo's first season starting. And they were 4-12 and last year because he came off of an ACL tear. If you look at the big picture here, the 49ers answered a lot of questions very positively this year. If somebody would have told you at the end of last season when Garoppolo's health was anything but a certainty, when they finished 4-12 and and they were looking up at the Rams in the division, they were still definitely looking up at the Seahawks. If somebody would have told you that this team would go 13-3, and win both the NFC West and the NFC, and uh, you know have a chance to win the Super Bowl be in the fourth quarter, be up 20-10, to 10, be up 20-10. You know, if if somebody would have given you those parameters, you, you would jump on them and take them. And you know, even if somebody would tell you they'd blow that Super Bowl lead, you still would take it. Yeah, yeah. You'd yeah. rather be there than not be there. You'd <laughs> rather be there than not, than be four and twelve. I so. Guess so, and and I think that's how the 49ers have to look at this. They have to continue building this. They have to re-sign the guys. They have to find room for Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner. They have to pay Kittle, but those are all things I think they can do. And, uh, you know, then they still have to stay hungry, and maybe we'll see them back here next year. Yep, that's the best that they can hope for. And, and I do think that this is a, a team of sustainability that, uh, you know, they, they've got what it takes. They've got the right nucleus to go deep into future postseasons as well. Yeah, they still have the right attitude, but we'll see. That's that's what we have to cover this offseason. We'll see if the Super Bowl gut punch changes the mental complexion of the team, which was obviously very good and very positive this year. Still too early to gauge that, but that's why you follow us on the Here's the Catch podcast. Anyway, for Matt Barrows, Dennis Brown obviously not with us today, but uh, he'll be on our next episode. So for Matt Barrows, I'm David Lombardi. This has been the Here's the Catch podcast. It's now 4.11 a.m. in Miami on uh monday morning i don't even know so we're gonna try to get to bed before it February gets 3rd, light outside yeah. yeah not good talk to you guys next time